0: From the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.
1: Welcome to Making it Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins at the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're talking about Catholic Youth Camp and their capital campaign, new cabins, and much more. Our guest today is CYC Executive Director Alex Kautsky. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind.
0: Well, I know we don't have the feast of Saint Joseph till March, March nineteenth, but it's kind of a Saint Joseph week for me. I was uh, doing confirmations this past Sunday in uh, Saint Joseph and Mount Air, and then headed over to zipped over to Erling and the Saint Joseph Parish there for some of those yeah. in Shelby County, and so that was a great encounter with the young people there. Kind of a pre-Lenten uh, anointing with the Spirit for them, and then uh, Mass with the uh, school children at Saint Joseph School in Des Moines on Ash Wednesday uh-huh. morning. So you know they get get an early start with that that mm. day where so many. Uh, Faithful and baby people who aren't all, all that alive in their faith are drawn to those ashes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a magnetic thing there that mm-hmm. they want that those those uh, filings of, of grace on them and a reminder of their repentance. I've never quite ever made my peace. You know, we proclaim that gospel about wash your faces and show no one that you're fasting and everything else. I mean, the church today only has about eight days of fasting. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and, and abstinence. So two mm-hmm. fast eight days, pretty, really, with abstinence for sure. eight days. Mm-hmm. Let's get it right, Johnson. Ash Wednesday <laughs> and Good Friday. Not like the days where many of our more senior listeners, you know, remember every mm-hmm. Friday and things. So, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, our ways of commemorating the incarnation our nation and then the passion of Jesus. And so I think mm-hmm. the looking for things that we want to be able to do. Also, then, time with the men's group, the Magna Group uh, 24 at uh, Sacred Heart Parish, and then with the Catholic Daughters. Let me tell you, those wild women let loose on Mardi Gras at St. Francis of CC <laughs> Parish. I mean, I, you know, we were about ready to call security, but it didn't quite get that bad. So <laughs> thanks for laughing, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you weren't there, were I you? Won't no, even... no. Yeah, you, you don't have to talk about what you did for Mardi Gras. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, uh, yeah, and uh, I, I confess I have not yet gotten to read the Pope's latest apostolic exhortation that was much awaited, uh, Corita Amazonia, Beloved Amazonia, and, uh, you know, and people were looking maybe for a kind of seismic change in the discipline of celibacy in the Western Church, and the Holy Father, in his great discernment, did not see that that was something that was merited. So, I mean, that would been a kind of short-term, maybe, uh, practical solution, or at least... Uh, projected such uh, for those who maybe don't have access to the Eucharist for the the shortage of priests in the Amazon region. But is there something more that the Lord is calling us to and continuing, you know, cultural conversion and uh, familial faith and, and all that's there? And so uh, reading the signs of the times, as we're always encouraged to do, uh, Pope Francis did not elect to do that, but uh, spoke very much of our need to be good stewards of that region, and he kind of waxes poetic, I understand, so that'll be good spiritual reading for me in these early weeks of Lent and, and all that we're about. Uh, looking forward to uh, experiencing as a bishop first time, administering the rite of election in our three sites mm-hmm. uh, this coming weekend. We'll be at Corpus Christi at the Queen of Apostles site. And we've moved it from Saturday night to, to uh, Saturday morning, hoping that not just uh, the candidates and their sponsors, uh, catechumens uh, mm-hmm. properly, those who are going to be baptized, but maybe some clergy and others can join us on that. So uh, that'll be a, an outpouring of that. And then on Sunday, one thirty and 4.30 at St. Ambrose Cathedral, in English and in, in Espanol. So English at one thirty, and then Spanish later in the afternoon. So those will be uh, beautiful opportunities to, to go forward. So people are thinking about Lent. Maybe they didn't get the, that time for reflection by Ash Wednesday but the kind of practices that they might adopt in that. And so Kelly are you thinking about anything here yet? or have you related <laughs> on anything fun. yet? I have to be careful because sometimes I fast from music. You know I love music while in the car you know and obviously mm-hmm. now as a bishop I'm driving a lot. So I, I'm going to have to kind of uh, see about that, you know. I mean, I can give myself a, a dispensation, you know, when there's there a basketball go. on the radio, but, but music, you know, whether it's classical or everything else, you know. Mm-hmm. You get a little sampling once in a while of the kind of music I mm-hmm. like to listen to mm-hmm. here, but uh, sure. as we seek his face. and that. that kind of a catalyst for our spiritual experiences and kind Mm -hmm. of opening us up to, to the transcendent uh, through the gift of artists and in that way. But, uh, so we'll think about that, but the fasting, we want to certainly support all those parishes having fish fries, Mm -hmm. but, uh, Maybe not approaching those as all you can eat, if if people can show a little bit of moderation. Uh, Moderation not in the generosity and support because it goes to so many worthy causes, but the people who make that possible. Really a communal event. And so Mm -hmm. we we don't go through Lent alone. We need to be with each other on this pilgrim way. Jesus went into the desert alone, but we dare not do so.
1: All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It
2: Personal with Bishop Johnson. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Their number is 515-276-055 or online at coldwellparish.com. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not.
1: Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins of the Diocese of Des Moines. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. On today's show, we're talking about Catholic Youth Camp and their capital campaign, new cabins, and much more. Our guest today is Catholic Youth Camp's Executive Director, Alex Kautsky.
0: And. Alex, as I've come to know her here in the, my months here in the diocese, and was just one of these dynamo's that's getting it done and, and just getting people <laughs> excited uh, on behalf of her youth. Her passions in, is infectious, and uh, and this jewel, which is the St. Thomas More Center, which Ooh. I finally got to experience here a couple Sundays ago, uh, as we kind of had a little event there, and yeah. uh, you know, up there in the chapel and all that was going on. So a lot has happened. We normally think of the dormancy of winter, but things have happened yeah. this winter. What's going on?
3: We have been really busy at Catholic Youth Camp this last off season. We have brand new cabins that our kiddos will be staying in come this summer, but they're going to be finished in the next month or two. So we're going to have lots of time before camp starts to even get to set them up and just lots and lots going on by way of construction. Wow.
0: So you must have hired a firm that really, uh, you know, is used to working in Antarctica or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: they, we finally got the heat on yesterday. So the poor guys that have been in there working finally have some heat.
0: Okay, so so that's kind of the present, uh, you know, snapshot. But but tell us more about what the Catholic Youth Camp is, how it came to be, and how yeah. you came to be part of it.
3: Catholic Youth Camp was founded in 1960, and a kiddo who had that's, gone to that's a,
0: really old. That's yep. the year I was born. So it <laughs> well, goes way no, back. <laughs> no, it's very young. And it's very fresh.
3: Uh, a kiddo went to Father Nilo Lido, and he said, "I had this opportunity to ca- to camp at a Boy Scout camp. Why can't we do that with Catholic?" a Catholic camp, and he said yes. And so Catholic Youth Camp was founded because a a priest said yes to a kid who wanted to be able to go to a Catholic camp. And so we've ran every single summer since then. We have 1,500 kids that come from all over the diocese and beyond to camp with us, Um, and it's a special way to get kids outside to expose them to young adults who love their faith and are having fun while they live their faith, to pray with them. But really to also have the most fun with them that they're going to have the entire summer while they're with us. So they're having
0: fun and mingling with their faith. They're not yeah. like sweating in these barracks that yes. they have them memorizing Bible verses. No. Yeah, know, I really, you
3: know. <laughs> Yes, I, I don't want that to be the misconception that that's what we're doing at a <laughs> Catholic Youth Camp. I really think that probably the best lesson that we're teaching our kids at Catholic Youth Camp is if... You can be faithful and you can be holy and you can be normal and you can have fun. (laughs) I really think that kids today think that holiness and adventure and joyfulness, they're just mutually exclusive and that the two don't go together. And having them witness young people who love their faith and have fun at the same time is maybe the best. Ministry that we have, really, yeah,
0: because it kind of pushes a, a reset for them for some of them, right? I mean, we right. have all ages, but when they particularly hit, you know, we're told that by the time uh, young people are twelve years old, they're yeah. really making a pivotal decision whether right. they're going to be part of this faith church community that right. they're there. So. Absolutely,
3: and we get to be a touch point kind of in that that decision making with them. That when they're not at Catholic Youth Camper, where when they're in their school and they're thinking about their summer and the joy that they had at CYC, they get to kind of ask the question, what was it? Like, why was I so joyful there? And the, the answer is, it was Jesus. And so I think we've become a touch point kind of in that decision making of who do I want to be? When was I most happy? And what did I have then? And we make, a, we make a, an effort while they're at camp with us to say, this is fun. But really, the joy that you have is not from the fun. It's from having a heart that's close to the Lord
0: hmm mm-hmm. and it's not even from Father Ross Parker who's usually <laughs> there
3: in the camp, it's, right? It, even though <laughs> He's every He's a
0: guy, right? Every single
3: little guy or high school kid that comes to camp wants to be like Father Ross Parker. There's no doubt about it. He, is please, one is the enough. Nice. We can't.
0: Please do not clone him. Okay, you know, No, I'm a big Father Ross fan. That's so are I we? Feel like a, yeah, we so,
3: are such a fan of yeah, Father Ross. The gentle
0: giant, in a way. Yeah. You know. But, oh, absolutely. Uh, he doesn't even know how funny he is sometimes. No. But, uh,
3: he uh, he has this great story of he actually camped at Catholic Youth Camp. And his most memorable moment is, I think he, he's probably going to kill me for telling this story. He professed his love to his camp counselor, and that's his kind of his moment of like <laughs> being at CYC like <laughs> discovering himself and he gets to tell all of the kids that when they come and camp <laughs> with us
0: and she laughed at him and he was crushed and then and and was the priest said kind. no no, he kept, no. Coming, <laughs> he kept
3: coming back to Catholic Keith Camp he's going to kill me for that
0: oh I love it <laughs> yeah we're taking notes here okay so I, I, um, but then then he said yeah also kind of showing us his, his stuff with arm wrestling three high school boys yeah, to take them all on at once
3: at once we put it on our twitter he um there's three high school boys they thought they could beat him and they were humiliated because he'd be all three of them at the same time
0: wow, wow. so located on the on the shores of a scenic lake panorama yeah way. But, yep. uh, so what kind of things are, are going on on that whole campus
3: yeah so we have a, a new high ropes course which is if you're not familiar with a high ropes course it's a an obstacle course that's thirty feet in the air. We have a zip line. We have a climbing tower. We've got archery. We've got Gaga balls. So anything that any typical camp would have, we have. And um, we're a residential camp, which means that our kids come and they stay overnight with us. So we have kids that arrive on. Sunday and they leave on Friday, we have two short weeks where a kiddo can come on Sunday and they'll leave on Wednesday. And so that's a great opportunity if they're nervous about camp or maybe mom and dad are nervous about Are these about young ones camp. or not
0: necessarily younger ones? Then?
3: Um, so the the two half weeks are for elementary kids, elementary. but we uh, have kids from third grade all the way through high school. So we have two junior high weeks and we have two high school weeks and we work really hard to cater our programming and our faith aspect to make sure that that's all age appropriate. So we bring in professional speakers for our high school weeks, and um, we have some religious sisters. Did I hear at some point? Yep, we've had um, the the Christ the King sisters. We've had the school sisters from um, Lincoln, and then we typically have um, the Dominican Sisters of Saint Cecilia's from Nashville, Tennessee, come and just their role is to just pray with the kids and hang out and be with them and. It's so fun watching the kids gravitate to them and ask questions and become comfortable being around. And someone yeah, who is not uh, said every Catholic yes uh, young
0: person gets to see religious sisters or brothers.
3: Right, absolutely. This or, yeah. We think it's important that we have Father Ross out there all summer. That we have someone that the ladies can ask questions if they're considering um, mm-hmm. a religious life vocation.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So who's more nervous about going into a week? Is it the parents or is it the high schoolers who might be asked to set aside their mobile devices?
3: Oh, that's a great question. But it's not just high school kids. I found such a nice phone at camp last summer, and it belonged to a third grader. So it is not just the high schoolers. was a much nicer phone than mine. Um, I, it's both and. I think our kids, our little kids who camp, um, they are nervous just as So long as our parents leave and they don't know that they're fine and then the the parents get to stay nervous the whole week. But typically um, in the first hour of camp, they're thrown into um, something fun and they're swimming in the first hour, that they're fine. The high school kids, I'd say um, they maybe by day two are relieved to not have their phone. It's such a gift to not have to be stuck on your phone in 2020. For a week, it's such a gift to them, and they have to lean into it. But they get there, absolutely.
0: Okay, marvelous, marvelous. And there is a, a spiritual sacramental poem, uh, aspect of it. we yeah. into everything in a very kind of real, natural way, like you say, normal. Normal's right. good, right? Right. Normal's <laughs> good.
3: Absolutely. We, the faith aspect, we didn't want it to be like this is the fun time, like soak it up because we're about to head into some faith time. We wanted it. We wanted it to be just commingled. We wanted everything to wipe flow those into. smiles off your faces. Yeah. You know, we're about look to like. Get jo- so like Johnson. He's intense. <laughs> We're about to have some intense prayer time. Yeah, we wanted it to all be one in the same so that when they're on the high ropes course and they're nervous and they need kind of like a, an extra kick, we, we'll pray Hail Mary with them. We'll relate it back to the faith life. So nothing is compartmentalized like that. Um, but with our older kiddos, we have adoration, we have reconciliation. People ask me my favorite part of Catholic Youth Camp, and I always say I will never get sick of i will never get over watching 160 junior high kids wait in line for reconciliation like it just doesn't get old it will always be my favorite thing and daily get get the
0: kleenexes out absolutely
3: absolutely um and then we have adoration during that time so so many of them will go to reconciliation and then they get to go to adoration and some of them have never had an experience of adoration and it's just it's so beautiful to be privy to that, um but daily mass at all of our weeks um, including the elementary mm-hmm. uh daily faith programming at all of our weeks, including yeah. the elementary that's very specific to their age, so yeah,
0: Jackson and others offering great music Jackson, yep
3: <laughs> we're we've been so lucky to have him, he's gifted, yeah yeah,
0: tremendous, so, wow, and uh so obviously a very uh intentional Catholic uh culture really yep. is flourishing there uh but those who maybe aren't catholic or maybe uh, coming from other places in life yeah. or maybe that's not been something their family's really been uh, sharing with them is there, are they do they get drawn into this in some yeah, way? Yeah,
3: absolutely. They're totally welcome. We'll have kids from all sort of faith um with all sort of faith when they come to us. So it's not something that is just for catholic kiddos um, and i always tell those parents that are curious about that is my kid going to feel uncomfortable are they going to feel welcome absolutely they're going to feel comfortable they're going to feel welcome they're not no one's going to know that they're not catholic so um, mm-hmm. that's never a reason that someone shouldn't attend camp because they're not catholic
1: mm-hmm.
3: wherever they're coming from in terms of faith they're going to be given something to walk away with that's going to be helpful to them and so we don't have any we're happy to have them
0: Okay, and they they exist on a diet of tofu and uh, yes. prunes throughout the week. Is that right? I might prefer
3: that um, actually. For me, it's it's camp food. It is kid friendly. Um, they love it. By week three, I am thinking I need to change my diet. But <laughs> they're loving it. So, you know, anything that they would get in their school cafeteria, they'll have at Catholic
0: camp. All right. Well, good. So part of what's allowed the new cabins to exist is your efforts and the great generosity and outpouring of people uh, who maybe have a, a tie to the St. Thomas More Center. What's been going on with this campaign that you've, uh, where are we with that?
3: Yeah, so about six months ago, we launched a capital campaign, and it was something that we had considered doing for a long time. There has never been any question as to whether or not our ministry was exceptional, but I think there is legitimate question as to whether or not our facilities were. Um, Parents who sent kiddos to stay with us in those old cabins knew, maybe before we even did, that it was time to replace them. So we made a concerted uh, fundraising effort that we put in place six months ago and it was to first and foremost build new cabins that was always our primary purpose of of launching this campaign this the second is to renovate dingman hall and uh, it was built in 1983 or it was built in 69 we bought it in 83 and we haven't done any major fundraising or construction or upgrades since then so it's something that absolutely has been needed to to be done. Um, and then those were kind of our projects and Wood for the f- fired
0: stoves and things
3: <laughs> like that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. We have some a lot to more do. Modern, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. A little more modern. And um, that was really our first phase. And we've raised 2.5. Seven million. Wow. At this point. In six yeah. months. In six months. And then our second phase will be to add on to the pool and to build an endowment. But really our first phase was about three million dollars and we're at two point seven. So
0: Oh. Tremendous. Yeah. Wow. Spirit blowing through there. And so the pool. You got a pool? I mean, is it yeah. a jacuzzi or what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs>
3: not quite. Is it a wave
0: pool or not? <laughs> exactly. I mean, when they all get in there, it's a oh, wave pool, right? <laughs> yeah, yes,
3: absolutely. No, it's your typical pool. Um, it's really large, it's just not big enough for <laughs> what we need. We'll have kiddos that come during a full week, and every single one of them wants to swim at the same time. Um, but they're young and not comfortable with the deep end. So the reason we want to add a second pool is we want to double our capacity so more kids can swim at the same time, but also we want it to be 0 depth entry so that the kids can play in a, a shallow end without being nervous and um, not have to mess with the deep end.
0: Okay. Yeah, the deep end, that's where I would try to draw my brothers who hadn't learned fully how to <laughs> oh, swim yet, you know, try to yes. draw them out there, you know. Survival of the fittest, baby. Survival of the fittest. Never happens
3: at CYC. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, of course, my, my brother, Dave, the swim coach, you know, he, he would, he would love being there. Oh, to kinda, you know, he would have been in the kinda, pool every single you know, time. To check their stroke and give them a little tips and everything as well. But, uh, great. Um, Sponsorship, uh, not everyone, no, I mean, the camp is very uh, accessible in terms of price, but even yep. that is a, is a challenge and stretch for some of the families. So are there opportunities for support?
3: Absolutely. This is my number one favorite thing to talk about is our sponsorship program. We um, pull thirty to $35,000 directly out of our operating budget specifically for sponsorship. So uh, every school that we go to, any presentation that we do, uh, the final thing that we make the kids repeat back to us is money is never a reason that you don't get to go to Catholic youth camp we make them shout sponsorship and then we define sponsorship for them so it is that simple as money should never be a reason that you don't get to send your kid to catholic youth camp so um there's a sponsorship tab on our website it's as simple as filling out a form getting it to us and then we allocate fees coming up here in the next month or two um, and we can make it happen for your kiddo no yeah. questions.
0: And is this exclusively for people from the Des Moines Diocese or for our Spirit Catholic Radio people who are listening in Omaha and Nebraska yeah. <laughs> and up in Wisconsin? Are they eligible too?
3: Absolutely, yeah. they are. It's There's no question. We really, it um, doesn't matter to us. We, we just want to make kids, we want to make it possible for kids to attend CYC if they want to.
0: Ah, oh, beautiful. Let the children come to us here. Yes, yeah, The Des Moines Diocese, but mm-hmm. the footprint throughout all of Iowa and, and the Midwest, yep. there's no reason why we can't uh, be a, a larger church in this yeah. and everything. So Alex, you're doing tremendous things. I understand you didn't think that Lent offered you enough opportunities for discipline and suffering, and so you're getting yeah. your wisdom teeth out. Is I, that right? Actually,
3: in 15 yeah. minutes from now, I'm going to be at I the mean, doctor's you, I mean, You look
0: like you're just a little bit older than high school, but I mean, I really, you couldn't get this I know. I yeah,
3: <laughs> Your husband,
0: Aaron, here with yeah. us, so he's laughing. He's going to be your caretaker. Any
3: moms out there who are thinking about getting teeth out, just get it out of high school. Just do it now. <laughs> <laughs> Not no, looking forward. To it. I waited
0: to have braces until I was thirty-eight. Okay, so well, yeah. So now. I'm you there. All right. So thank you so much, Alex. It's great, and Aaron, would be with us here offering support.
3: Thank
1: you so much. Appreciate it. We're going to take a quick
2: break. Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities, and sharing the love of God in practical ways every day. Go to www.blessmentinternational.org and make your
0: Before
1: my eyes a curiosity. Dust in the wind. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins of the Diocese of the Des, Moines Des, Moines. Des Moines Catholic Youth
0: Camp. You can just see how Alex you know, just uh, you know gets those kids lit up. You know, she calls them the kiddos. You know, I don't know how the <laughs> right. 16-year-olds appreciate that, but I think she kind of endears herself to them just because she's right. she's got that inner child working very That's well right. in a beautiful way. So thank you. Thanks to her for that. And and again, those who want to support the St. Thomas More Center. Uh, It's not hard to find means to do so. Everyone's pretty savvy with the internet and things in the Diocese of Des Moines. So thank you for those who've been uh, supporting and will those who will consider it. And as she said, the sponsorships that are part of that. Uh, Lent uh, you know, underway. We think about the practices mm-hmm. of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Uh, fasting can, can take on different meanings. Uh, sometimes it's chosen, sometimes not so much. And uh, mm-hmm. my spiritual director for many years, but much beloved to me and many others, Monsignor Jim Barda in Dubuque, uh, he experienced a kind of transient loss of his sense of taste. And everything he ate merged into one big blob that he kind of called it was like eating a large sandwich. <laughs> he had to force himself to eat. And every bite that he took kind of reminded him of the things he used to be able to taste. So you can imagine what that uh, dining was no longer a pleasant Mm -hmm. affair. Uh, We hear in the gospel that John's disciples want to fast forward to the practice of fasting before Jesus' followers have even really cultivated that appreciation. What does it mean to be in the presence of the master and behold his face? And so their awareness of the Son of Man made flesh forms our senses and refines our capacity to commune with him. I don't think a lot of people want to go to daily mass more frequently during Lent and mm-hmm. how can we not commend that? Uh, this experience should make us more attuned not just to Jesus' Jesus's presence in the Eucharist but places where Jesus's presence is ignored or forsaken where we've allowed or been indifferent to conditions of injustice and neglect that can deaden a person's appetite to sab- savor that gospel diet as I saw you know those who are hungry in a material way at the Catholic worker house a couple mm-hmm. of Fridays ago So our neighbors crave more than mere existence, and yet sometimes almost metaphorically we serve them up a large sandwich because we expect them just to kind of live at a survival level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So voluntary fasting, joined to Eucharistic feasting, is a great recognition of presence and absence as God perceives them. It should stir our efforts to rekindle the appetite of others for company with the bridegroom who offers us his love. So just a little reflection there, Kelly, as we good. ride our way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, again, you're always calming the uh, the, the airwaves or the, the social media and other things mm-hmm. for some things related to faith. What have you got for us today?
1: Sure. Well, the first story is, it's a, it's a sad story, but it's out of Australia. Um, this woman, there was a drunk driver. It was near Sydney, and um, three of her children were killed instantly by this drunk driver. Um, they were walking to get ice cream. And um, they, they were hit by the drunk driver. The children were 13, 12, and 8, and their cousin was also killed instantly by the oh, drunk oh, driver oh, oh, when they crashed oh. into them. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's extremely sad, and it made news across the airwaves in um, Australia. But speaking to reporters at the scene a day after the tragedy, the mother said she had forgiven the driver who had caused her children's death. She said, quote, I think in my heart to forgive him but I want the court to be fair. She said she knew her children were in heaven, but added she felt she was walking in the stations of the cross. Um, So she was holding her rosary and, um, you know, spoke of the pointlessness of striving for material things over life in heaven. And so, um, Obviously, you know, this was across the country. We're not in Australia, but it was over the airwaves, and the priest had said he thought that she touched thousands of people by her mm-hmm. willingness to be And you forgiving. said this was the day after was she the, was already so yeah, tenering that, so that, day, that, speaking that, to reporters, that holy desire and intention mm-hmm.
0: her. I wouldn't be surprised if she needs to renew that uh, desire to mm-hmm. forgive because I think right. in the shock of, uh, aftermath sure. of that, of as she continues to go through all those different emotions mm-hmm. and things that are there, to continue to choose that and mm-hmm. affirm that. You know, I think just as... You know, Jesus offers us his mercy, but sometimes we have to, to kind of ratify that that gift has been accepted by us, right. and so I think her tendering that as well in that beautiful way. Anything a little bit more uh, uh, landing on a musical note here? Sure, or no? real
1: quick. Josh Groban was at a concert, and uh, there was a guy who uh, was elected to come sing from the stage. He gave him the mic, and he sang beautifully, and um, after about a minute or two, they gave him the thing, and he said, great job, and somebody shouted out, he's a Catholic priest, and so he was shocked and amazed at how well he did. and
0: Obviously and, not wearing a Roman collar yeah, or anything. You know, but There's a picture you. of him right there. It looks it, like he's are in a it suit. Was it, was it a plant or something? I'm you not know, sure. You know, I didn't really say it you know, is little... so short. Okay. Well, great. <laughs> well, good. So, all right. You never know where those priests will pop <laughs> up.
1: right. This has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson.
0: You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.